We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Folks, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and, of course, the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined, as always, by the scholarly Rohan Kadi, who has a story. Rohan, how's it going? You know, I'm doing well, Ty. It's, it's funny that you tip off the story like that. But before oh, I get into okay. the story, make sure you guys subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you leave a five-star rating wherever you can. Subscribe to the Substacks. Subscribe to the YouTube just, you know, subscribe to everything. Got to get the plugs in first. But I, I have a story for you, Todd. It's funny that you mentioned Scholarly because uh, this story is actually responsible for this podcast. Oh, I've, I've not heard this. In its so current state. Do you mean the Eurostep or the conceit for this episode? Uh, well, let me, okay, let me sure. just get it. So it's my, it's my freshman year of college, right? Undergrad. I have to take this calculus class. And uh, I was like, I'm really upset that I have to take this calculus class. Because I don't want to, and it's uh, not not because I don't like math. I love math, but it's like this feels pointless. But I needed it for my degree, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go and take this calculus class. I sit there, I'm not paying attention to anything whatsoever. I do not pay attention at all. In fact, every class because they take attendance, I made I made sure to go to every class. That uh, I'm just on my phone scrolling through stuff, reading articles. That's how I found is this, behind the is this a pit class. That's how I found you. Is this, is this a what? pit class? Like a pit with like hundreds of? No, there was like. Oh, that's kind of ballsy to be on your phone for the whole the whole class in a thirty person class. It was it was in like rows though, so you couldn't really okay. see. I was on my okay. phone the entire. But I I was discovering articles. I was discovering behind the buck pass. I was reading yours, Ty's, Jordan's work, and I was like, oh wait, let me start doing this. And then uh, one thing led to wow. another, and now we're here. But uh, the point is, I was so bored during that class, I did not pay attention whatsoever. At the end of the class, I ended with a 104. Oh my God. Rohan, big brain <laughs> flex. Like, I, this, it sounds like an elite flex. I'm not trying to do that, but it fits the premise of this episode because I represent the Milwaukee Bucks oh. in that story in the sense that I do not care about <laughs> what happens on a day to day basis. 
But let me tell you, if a test arrives, I'm going to nail it. And that's what's been happening with the Milwaukee Bucks of recent. They've lost five out of seven games now. The two wins that they have in those seven games are against the Brooklyn Nets and against the Golden State Warriors, the two best teams of those seven. By far. What are we supposed to make of this time? Well, I think there's a lot you can take away from it. I think your your general point um, stands true. I think I also actually discovered behind the book pass while I was in a college class my freshman year. Or maybe it was my sophomore year. I think it was my sophomore year. But um, actually, I found Adam's post on Reddit, which uh, is a dark place that you should always be careful about frequenting. But it worked out uh, in this scenario. So it's, it's kind of funny we both have that in common. But um, – I think there's so many different ways you can go with the Bucks. I do. There's certainly an element of they are sleepwalking more or less through some games. I think they've had some bad matchups, especially with the Raptors and Hornets, who are four of their last like six losses, eight losses, something like that. Because the Raptors game was right before the Nets game, I think, and then they lost that. They lost two in a row to the Hornets. They lost to the Raptors again. Who else did they lost to? Was the Pistons one in there? The Pistons. Oh, my God. It was the Pistons. They lost to the Pistons. They lost to the Raptors. Beat the Nets. Lost to the Hornets twice. Beat the Warriors and then lost to the Raptors again. Yeah, so I do think there's – it's a confounding factor. There's bad matchup juju in there. I think the Raptors – was it five straight now in the regular season? Um, that was that was last night's – I didn't watch that game, thankfully, for me. Uh, or Saturday nights as we – last night as we record, probably two nights ago as you're listening to this. But – um, I think there is legitimate bad matchup stuff there with them and with the Hornets. I also think those are teams that don't have the same aspirations and, you know, they, they take more joy in beating the reigning world champions than the Bucks would take in beating them. Although it disgusts me, the Bucks don't go out of their way to beat the Raptors. If only so Bucks Twitter can have fun with it. Um, apparently they don't care about Twitter clout, which I don't know why you'd run a team and not care about Twitter cloud, but I mean, to be fair, like uh, on Saturday, they they did tweet in the morning that they were playing the Hawks <laughs> and left it up for like an hour and a half before deleting. Did you see the Dante tweet I made fun of? No, I didn't. Was it the not satisfied? It was like, don't doubt Dante, or never oh. doubt Dante, and it's his one made three, and it's like the ex- the emoji where it's like. Like it's like blushing with wide eyes, and I quote tweeted yeah. this morning with, "This was the one shot in five tries Dante actually made." Same emoji. We gotta have to. We have to have a Dante. That's part of it. But the other thing is, um, there's out so many players, and maybe not so many is the right word, but they're out two starters, and one of them they've been out since the Brooklyn, the first Brooklyn game. But I don't even think we can count Brooke at this point. I think we should. I mean, he started on the championship team. I know this version of the team I know, never but had in terms him. Of regular, in terms of regular season games, like if we're saying, oh, they're missing Drew Holiday. That's two starters to me. It is. But they're they're realistically only missing Drew Holiday. But I don't think that – I actually don't think that's true. And I think that that ties into the real the – real, the biggest issue in these five losses – the bench is horrible. The bench is atrocious because they're down that starter, Brooke Lopez. They've been down all year. Bobby Portis is supposed to be the bench scorer, and he's not there. And he's, set, he's done a really great job starting. He's been super important this year, very impressive season, but he's no longer on the bench. Here's a stat I teased to you before we started recording. 
people, half the people, actually, I think it's changing. I think now 67% of people are with me. 33% of people are sick of hearing about this. DeMarcus Cousins averaged like 9.1 points per game as a Milwaukee Buck. He would have led the bench in scoring in all but the Nets game. Every other game, he would have been the leading scorer coming off of the bench. And that's his average. Like, he had had way higher scoring games than that. I think Rodney Hood scored 10 in the Nets game. And that was the only game anyone on the bench has scored more than eight points through all of, like, the what is it, seven games now? Is it? Or six games since yeah. he was waived? I think it's seven. Um, that's the issue. They have nothing coming off of the bench. And they they have often, like the Raptors game, I know I read your your great post on the Substack, Buck Stock Market, subscribe, gspn.substack.com. Oh, look, a hot start. Things are looking pretty good. Giannis goes out. Chris goes out. Nothing. Nothing is left. The guys who are coming in cannot consistently score the ball. And I think this is all tied together to if Brooke is healthy-ish, Bobby's coming off the bench, that's like double-digit bench points every game. And it's just like that's why the boogie thing sucked. You know, if they're healthy, it doesn't matter. They're not healthy. They've not been healthy literally at any point this entire year. And I get the urge to say like, oh, Brooke doesn't even count because they're not used to playing with him this year. They've never had him. I think it counts. Like I think it, it matters a ton. And no matter how used you get to it, it's still such a huge loss that even though it's been going on for so long, and I'm not trying to make an excuse, but I just think that's the ripple effect of like, you're, you're down so much bench scoring that it's like, please, Rodney Hood, have yourself a game because otherwise there are zero points coming from the Bucks bench. Yeah, it's 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 that's the problem. Like I'm we're we're big fans of Big Rod here. But if you if you're relying on Rodney Hood to try and turn back the clock a little bit and just do anything it's not going to lead to good results, and that's what we've been seeing. We've been hoping, and maybe we can just get into this now, that Dante DiVincenzo could be that kind of guy. Like, be like, okay, he's going to be a spark off the bench. And uh, it just hasn't worked so far. He has no idea what he's doing on a basketball court 98% of the time. And it's just, it's hard to watch. Like, I, we're, we're obviously rooting for Dante's success, rooting for Rodney Hood's success, but they just don't have it right now. And it's... It's really, really disappointing to see. And this is something that we we talked about before the season in terms of George Hill's addition. Um, George Hill would be that guy coming off the bench, be like, okay, I can run a capable offense. I'm not going to be scoring the ball, but at least I can, you know, maintain ship here. If Drew Holiday's not there, George Hill's not going to be coming off the bench. So it's just like, what, what are we doing here? And again... Drew Holiday has been ruled out for Monday's game. We have no idea how long he's going to be out. The only indication, again, here we go with injuries again, but in terms of uh, what, how do we know when Drew Holiday is going to return, it's the only thing the Bucks have said is it's more severe than we had initially thought, which is, you know, concerning. How long is this going to be a thing? Is George Hill going to need to be a starter? And what, what's left for the bench to do yeah. realistically? Remember how after the first like couple games, Dante was a plus minus God, even though the shot wasn't falling. And we were like, oh, has Dante yes. reinvigorated the team, right? Like as this addition. And Wes Matthews at the same time, very similar. They played together a lot in Wes's first few games. And I think we, we rushed to attribute it mostly to Dante. We were wrong. It was Wes Matthews who reinvigorated the team. So Dante is now down to like plus four net rating with, with the Bucks this season. But if you look at the last six games of which Dante has played three, 
Wes has played all six of those. Net rating still of plus 9.4 in the Bucks' last six games. Four losses. Like, they're still dominating when Wes plays. And you look at it's like with Grayson, he's only played two of those, plus 20, Bobby plus 16, Chris plus 7, Giannis plus 6. This, again, it goes back to our point. When the good guys play, they're still good. They still win. Even uh, they, they win those minutes. They don't win those games always, but they win those minutes. The last six games, Dante has played three of them. In those three games, you know what his net rating is? Or what the Bucks, right Bucks net rating with him on the floor? In 53 minutes, minus 25.2. They get obliterated when he plays right now because it's the team is much less deep. Remember, it was it was Drew and Bench. Drew's not there, so now it's just Bench. And Dante is like having to handle the ball. It's not going well. They're getting destroyed. They get destroyed when Shemi plays. They get destroyed when Mamu plays. Obviously, Langston Galloway. Even Pat, who Pat's been struggling a bit himself. And again, he's just not for all the stuff Pat can do off the bench. He's not a six. He's not the traditional six man of the year candidate. He's not a yeah. We talked about this. He's not the Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford type. And it turns out that type wins that award because that type is pretty useful to have coming off of the bench. The Bucks don't have one right now, and it's you look at the net ratings up and down. It's like very stark. Jordan War is minus three. He's kind of in the middle because he started some games. He starts some. He comes off the bench some. Javante Smart is somehow plus three. He's gone. Doesn't really matter. Then you get like George Hill plus four. And then all the rest of the starters. Drew at exactly zero. He played one thirty-seven minute game in that span. I think was that the Raptors game? Was that Boogie's last game? When he got hurt, I think the old Raptors game. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think that was his one game. Uh, but otherwise, it's like everyone on the bench over the last six has just gotten like lit the F up. And it's just like this is this is why what's happening is happening. So I think your conceit is correct in that the, the test, the test looks good when when they show up and they play only the good players. They're really good. But now it's like, OK, we've got to get to a point. We've got to get through the semester to take the test. And have our test results be enough to give us uh, an A+. And the Bucks are 0.5 games out of 6, I think, right now. So it's getting a little dicey on that front. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, you obviously want to have the best position possible for, uh, uh, you know, playoff seating. Obviously, like, recent news is probably going to unfortunately help the Bucks in that regard. Zach Levine is going to be missing time with a knee injury. Kevin Durant is going to be missing time with a knee injury. Thankfully, those are not severe. That's what it lo- Hopefully, that's what it looks like. Well, I mean, KD's is an MCL sprain, which is what AD's been dealing yeah. with. Zach Levine has no structural damage, so it, it could have yeah. been worse, and I'm yeah. glad it's not. Uh, so potentially your, your seating is going to be uh, helped out a little bit there. But also, you're not going to be taking it as seriously as some of these teams. Like Toronto played a, they played a six man rotation. Oh wow! In their in their sec in their second game in the game on Saturday, that's ridiculous. Nick Nurse is trying to kill his guys out there. Like that's off a back to back. Nick Nurse well. is trying to keep his job out there. Oof. Oof. I mean, can't. I mean, they'll they'll tell you how much talent they have on that roster. How many times can you miss the play in and have that much talent on the roster? Um, they'll definitely tell you they will but I I just think like does it matter that much if you host one series versus no series 
Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, you'd like to. <laughs> I think you'd like to host more than one, ideally. But that just – I think the Bucks have the hardest or one of the hardest schedules over the rest of the way. Drew is not healthy and won't be very soon. No idea about Brooke Lopez. And they just – they need to – I think they need to make a move, another move. Like they need to find a way to bring somebody in, whether it's a trade, whether it's another hardship exception that's that's basically free. You know, the two-way move, getting Lendell Wigginton, sure. Lendell Wigginton is not the answer either, um, as good as he's played with the Herd this year. They're just going to need some more scoring punch. What about Jeff Doughton Jr.? He's got to be gone soon, right? Is is Langston Probably. gone he's yet? The herd. I think he's technically in protocol, so he can't be waived. Oh, that's weird. Um, boy, we've seen the last of Langston Galloway anyway. But as a buck, hopefully, I favor he signed Langston Galloway. Um, not a fan anymore. But it's... It's just going to get a little dicey here in these regular season games. And, you know, everyone talks about the goal is staying healthy and whatever happens, happens. It's very rare for a non-top four seed to win the championship for a reason. And some of the reason is like usually teams don't go through what the Bucks are going through this year. But I still think if you have to win four straight series on the road, that is a little brutal. I mean, I guess a lot of a lot of what matters is, you know, what the gauntlet is. I mean, if they slipped to four right now, it'd be like a nightmare if everything else held firm. Going to Miami first round, going to Brooklyn second round, probably going to Chicago third round, or maybe, you know, the Cavs or the Sixers or whatever. Like, finishing six feels like a disaster if the Bulls do hold first. Like, go, having to go through Miami and Brooklyn in the second and – or the first and second round. Or no, yeah, the first and second rounds. That's nightmarish. Like – I'm fine with four. I think four is okay. I mean, okay. they did it last year. I know they did it last year, but they did it last year when what was my, Miami was six and they were three, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. I mean, no, obviously I don't like it. Either, I think, I think some people legitimately it. don't care at all. I don't like it. No, obviously you, do, you don't want to be the sixth seed. Like, I, I don't know why that's – whatever we don't need to discuss that it's being the sixth seed is bad yeah. okay i'm sorry if, you, if you're angry about it tweet time <laughs> everyone um, will <laughs> they always yeah. do but it's just like you just got to get through this regular season grind and i get it's a balance obviously you don't want to put guys in situations where they're going to get hurt because at the end of the day it doesn't matter you want them to be healthy for the postseason we get that we understand that trust me we we understand that don't you worry but also it, it matters right? <laughs> in terms of what you want to do, what your positioning is. You can't fall too out of line. And you also, you know, you want to get some run in with your core guys to see what you got, experiment a bit. That's what we saw a lot of last season. That's how they ended up winning the title. It's because they experimented with a bunch of different stuff. You want to see what kind of talent you have in your rotation. Yeah, and I just think, you know, for all the sentiment, like you said, oh, they did beat Miami. They did beat Brooklyn before the conference finals. Like, they've shown they can win on the road in playoff series. I look at it as you just want – there's so much randomness in any sport, and that's why – that's like just an observed fact. Like, the, the, more, the better team doesn't always win. But I think you just want to give yourself every percentage point that you possibly can. And I think game seven at home versus on the road is one of those things where it's like, can you do it still 
Yeah, absolutely. You can. The Bucks have proved that. But that doesn't mean you should want to. I don't know. Maybe against like, Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Oh God, don't even, don't even get me started on the. Oh, should Brooklyn try to get be on the road more? I, they might. They, honestly, the the thing working in the Bucks' favor is with all these injuries, like the Nets and Bulls might start to fall as well. The Bulls have lost three straight. Actually, the Nets are on a one game winning streak, but like the Bulls without Zach for a while, that's going to be tough. They're down a few key players now, too. I mean, the Nets just haven't had that many players who have been consistently good outside of KD. It might be a rough month for them, and they still play no defense. So maybe maybe the Bucks and Nets will be like 4-5. Could you imagine Bucks nets first round? Oh, my What goodness. a nightmare that would be. Oh, my goodness. That would be uh... – if, if last season broke me, if last season series broke me, I don't know what that series would do to me. That, but that's entirely possible. It is. It is. That is I, totally possible. I'm just like, imagining what kind of trauma my mind is going to go through. One of the Sixers or Cavs sneaks above, so it's like Bulls, Heat, Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Cavs. Like, what a disgusting I might bracket. just straight up start crying on the pod, Randy. Like... <laughs> like just after, even after a win, I'll just break down in tears while trying to do an intro or something. Yeah, that is uh, that's a lot to deal with, and it, it's like I said, it's just entirely possible. So I think looking ahead, and I know I guess we can pull up the schedule here and actually look ahead. But how do you think the Bucks are going to do over the next couple of weeks? Because we've agreed, like we, the potential is still there. I don't think we have to spend too much time. Everyone's heard the stats when they have Chris Giannis. They're all on the floor. They win a lot of games. They win a lot. They win those minutes by a lot of points. We get that. So a lot of the other guys have showed up when necessary too. Some of the bench is obviously clearly way overtaxed. But these next few games here, it's it's going to get hard. How do you think they're actually going to look? And are you concerned about it? Even though we do agree, the overall ceiling of the team is still quite high. I mean, like the the upcoming schedule. Realistically, it's it's mediocre. I'd say, like they play the Hawks, who stink now. Uh, they, yeah, I was gonna mention looking at the standings to like figure this stuff out. Hawks Pacers twelve thirteen still, and they're both on long losing streaks. The Hawks have lost five straight. The, Hawks the Pacers have won lost a home three straight since November. What the hell is going on? Like, I feel like, and I'm not trying to like deflect from the Bucks, who have also been disappointing. Neither of those teams should be that bad. No, no. Hey, it's okay. The like, Hawks got a what? They, they have a first round pick to play with now, a heavily protected one. Yeah, thank goodness. And yeah, Kevin that's... Knox. Um, the Pacers one and nine in their last ten. I think they every won. single person on the Pacers wants to get traded, except and maybe even Malcolm Brogdon, even though he can't. but he can't. Yeah. yeah. But do just, you know how many? Do you know how many road games they've won this season? The Pacers? In 19 tries. Yeah, 19 tries. Oh, God, like seven? Three. Oh, God. They're three and 16 on the road. Wow. Only the Pistons at three and 18 are worse. Even Wilder? Not Maybe not because they're we know they're, they're a dog bleep team. The Magic are two and 15 at home. Six and 21 on the road. Yeah, two and 15. On, I don't, they have a lot of home games coming up. Hopefully they can get a couple more wins there. They're also – Eight and thirty-six, which is a brutal record. Yeah, but okay. So you think it's not that tough? So Hawks bad, Grizzlies good in Milwaukee though. And I think the are the well. Here's a question. Well, also 
playback game. We'll be on playback for that. So get into the Discord by sending us a review on Apple, your Spotify review, and your five-star rating on Spotify, or proof that you're subscribed to the Substack. Send to EurosteppPod at gmail.com, and we will get you into the playback room. But that's a playback game, and we're very excited to host that on playback. Do you think the Bucks get up for the Grizzlies like they do for some of the other teams, or are they not there yet? I think they'll probably get up for that game because they'll be forced to get up for that game because the Grizzlies are so <laughs> electric. Yeah, it's it's like I a, hope so. And and they also recognize like they're not idiots, right? They know they know that the Grizzlies are a good team. They know that we're doing a playback as well. They do. They want to make it entertaining. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, so Hawks, Grizzlies at home. Bulls at home, which without Zach, we'll see on that game. But that that should be fun. I was more looking forward to that. Yeah. Then they host the Kings, who are a, a joke. Then they go to Cleveland. That's hard. Darius Garland is, is making a, a better case right now for All-Star. They host the Knicks, who are bad. No, the, they host hey, wait, the Nuggets. No, wait, wait, wait. The Knicks, the Knicks have actually been winning a bunch of games recently. Are they all the way up to ninth? I think so. They're all the way up to 10th. No, they're bad. Get out of here, Rohan. No, no, they're in 10th. In terms of recent play, they're not bad. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, which is pretty good. Yeah, see? The Bucks should win that game. I, I they host the Nuggets. The, they host the Nuggets, who are bad outside of Nikola Jokic. What does that make uh, the Lakers? Holding up at 6th, uh, just bad. But uh, then it's Wizards, who are not good. Blazers, who are a dumpster fire. Clippers, who have no players. Lakers, who are bad. Suns, who are good. That's a West Coast road trip, those four. Then they host the Blazers, who still stink. The Pacers, who still stink. The Sixers, who are always a joke, even when they're good. And then the Nets, who probably may – oh, they should have KD by then. Uh, and then they host the Hornets, and that's and that's February. They might so not yeah, have KD. I, I agree. It's, I think it's four to six weeks with KD. Yeah, so maybe not um, if they're being careful. Maybe that will be his targeted return. But, um, yeah, I mean, really, you look ahead, and that's almost the rest of the schedule. They only have March and half of April after that, not even half. Yeah, it's pretty – honestly, it's pretty doable. That's I think I remember saying this when the schedule was announced. There's not really a murderer's row of games. Yeah, it's just like the it's hardest. a bunch of, like, decent teams mixed in with a bunch of jokes of teams. The hardest run is Sixers, Nets, Hornets, Heat, Bulls, Suns. But five of the six games are at home. Which is good. This team performs well at home when you're not there, so that's good. Yeah, and I, I don't plan on being – actually, I might try to go to that Nets game. That would, if that's, is that a weekend? I don't know. Can I blow up this Nets game? <laughs> anyway, um, Feb 26. Oh, that's a Saturday. That's an elite game. Um, yeah, but do we think they're going to win these games even if these teams aren't that hard is the question. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like realistically. I don't have confidence in saying they're going to win these games. Are they going to beat the Hawks? I have no idea if they're going to beat the Hawks. It seems like it's primed to be a Bucks loss, considering that the Hawks have, have a string of uh, home losses. Plus, like they know, or maybe not. Maybe they'll wake up, realize, oh, oh shoot, we played this team in the conference finals. We'll get back into yeah, that. Yeah, I think they might get up for that. Yeah, they might try to embarrass Trey Young. Who knows? Yeah, I, maybe like Bobby can do the the shrug or something fun like that. Maybe he'll shimmy. I, honestly, 
My uh, yeah, my answer is kind of just like they're gonna start winning again when they get Drew back because I do think the when they when Bud can stagger Chris and Giannis and the Drew plus bench, it raises the floor of this team by so much. And right now, it's just like it's just gonna be tenuous every time Chris and or Giannis sit. There's just not gonna be enough out there, and teams are gonna double and and aggressively trap Chris actions. And it's just hard for the Bucks to do much about that, especially in the non-Giannis minutes when Drew is not healthy. So, I mean, hopefully we can get uh, – Grayson's been stepping up more from Grayson, more offensive load on Grayson, not just finishing plays, maybe initiating more plays will be necessary. This is a big opportunity for him because, as you said, as we, as we covered, clearly Dante is not a point guard, a sixth man, none of that stuff. Right now does not even seem to be – a helpful NBA player he's pretty, he's has made been, one two-point shot. Def- defensively. Defensively, he's been all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Everything else has been a train wreck. I don't disagree, but I'm just trying to... <laughs> like. I know. I know. I, I know. Because we, we've been accused of being haters in the past. So, got to give the full aim. And when have we been wrong about someone that we hated on? Or we were, we were alleged we of hating we just been wrong on? in general? Don't check the facts. Uh, <laughs> Not once. Not a single time. Uh, but but no should we talk about Dante a little bit more I, I don't know how much more I have how many more ways I can say it just, without just bad. actually uh, yeah okay I guess we're done well I, I don't know I mean it would be great if he got it all together I do think this is not ideal for the idea of trading Dante because I don't know what team is watching and like yeah I want to pay this guy in five months hell yeah sign me up I don't know what Dante thinks of it and Dante's agent. I mean, I, I assume they're just like, we just got to, he just needs more minutes. He's just still rusty. We just need more minutes. And maybe, I mean, I'm sure that that'll probably help to some extent, but it's, we just, we don't have an extended sample of him like actually finishing twos or actually being a, a true combo guard and not just like, a wing who handles the ball too often because that's what the team asked for him. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, okay. That's it on Dante. Just, just buns right now, but you're right. Grayson needs to step up a bit. There needs to be more stuff run for him. You don't, here's the thing though. You don't want him really initiating a ton of stuff because that's just not who he is. He's more of a secondary guy. He's going to like make decisions off the catch. Yeah. But I think when Chris and Giannis are sitting, if they both sit together, who is better than him with the ball in their hands? Bobby Portis. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I would like Grace and Bobby pick and roll would be my answer to that. Yes. No, I use them together. I don't disagree because Bob, or, or, Bobby with the or ball on the same if you want there. Bobby. Yeah. Or Bobby Grace and DHOs could be good. I think you're just going to need a lot of stuff like that. Like our great conversation with Brad Fisher about coaching and Bud, you know, the Bucks love their motion. I think they're going to need to turn to some more scripted stuff in these bench minutes just because. These guys are are not flowing the right ways, and they're just not good enough. It seems like to work that way. Like I just think they're going to need to just be more active in running stuff to try and find some advantages because the way they've been, it's just bad. It's just really bad. There's no points coming from these guys. When does uh when does Boogie's ten day end with the uh, <laughs> with the Nuggets? Has he even played? No. What the hell? He hasn't played. Is this? Did the Bucks and Nuggets work out a deal? Like, we need to save 15 days of money. Like, can you just hold him for 10 days and then we'll scoop him up? I don't know. Up? John Horst said that there's there's nothing about them, uh, nothing holding and them nothing, back from partnering up in them. the future. So, Let's look. I think he signed it maybe like eight um, days ago, nine days ago. I, I just never. I just never know. Looks uh, eight days ago. January 8th. Yeah, eight days. It looks like. So it should be up in yeah. two days. Two days. It would be a godsend, dude. It would legitimately be a godsend to this team as long as Brooke and Drew. And I mean, as, as long as Brooke is out, but especially as long as both of them are out. Hopefully, they're not both out for longer than the next couple of days. Drew, I mean, Drew, at least another day or so, at very minimum. Just stinks. It does just stink. Just this team, the vibes, the vibes are off right now. I think they need like one and, and Boogie it would help. I do think they need they it shows you that while George, having George is nice and I still think he's helpful and the the team's performance with him on reflects that. They could use another guard initiator. Even when Drew is healthy. And that was our takeaway, a lot of old pod plugging. Go listen to the, the last couple of pods. They're they're good, promise. Our takeaway though was even when everyone is healthy, that bench is still a little light on scoring especially from the guard positions. And I think that's where, you know, if Dante could like snap into it and be good, that'd be a huge relief, but he's just not that guy right now and they need somebody. So 
you know, everyone is fawning over Mo Bamba on the Orlando Magic. Terrence Ross would be like, Terrence Ross would be incredible coming off the money. bench on this team. Was it like 10? I think it's more than that. Oh, is it really? Oh, my God. But yeah, so that's, yeah, so then like you're not going to trade Brooke Lopez for Terrence Ross, but um, someone like that, like I don't know who it would be around the league. And I, I, he's probably not getting bought out. He's, I think he's too useful. Um, 12.5, and he's got another year. So yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe John um, but that would be, a favor, though. Buys out two years of Terrence Ross. I mean, he did get an extension, uh, so he does have that job security. He does indeed. Shout to Franz Wagner for getting getting John Hammond a, an extension like by himself. Yeah, shout out to Franz but Wagner. I, I just, or maybe maybe not. What's the opposite of a shout out? Boo. <laughs> Boo are you booing Franz? <laughs> Boo to Franz Wagner like, for letting Mo Wagner still in the, be in the league. <laughs> oh yeah, he deserves that. Um, that's why I like. I, I'm not even. I don't even hate the interest in Dennis Schroeder. I've seen people have. Yeah. I think some of the trades I've seen proposed are terrible. But like right now, Dennis Schroeder would be super helpful. Like they just need a guard who can do something with the ball in their hands consistently. And whether George can or not, he doesn't. He's not. He is not doing that. Dennis dominates the ball too much. I think when Drew is healthy, you probably barely play him. But like right now, he'd be really helpful, and a, a better version of that would be helpful. Like all the time, even when Drew is healthy. No, I agree. I just I'm not a Dennis Schroeder fan. What's Jeff? No, team I mean I'm not either. Um, being bad at basketball somewhere else. Hmm. Bring him back. Why not? Oh, is he overseas? Oh, he's probably not overseas. Honestly, I, I'm really surprised he has not gotten a call. Yeah, honestly, maybe he's like uh, Wes Matthews. He's just waiting for the Bucks to send him a call. Do you know who's averaging 10 points per game in 18 minutes this year? Who? Brandon Knight. Hey, is he on a roster? Shooting. Yeah, uh, I think he was on Dallas. Shooting 71% from two, 30% from three. Two rebounds, nearly three assists. What's 1.3 turnovers. Same thing as, um, as Jeff Teague, I think. <laughs> Except he's more active on Twitter. Yeah, more active within the Bucks organization. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a rule against signing uh, graphic designers as as players. Maybe that's like Brandon double Jennings come on the pod. Sure, <laughs> why not? Um, one of the Brandons play on the play for the team and help them. Yeah, but I think that's just like that's the state where we're at right now. Like, did you answer the question? Like, do you have faith in this team? Like beating these teams going forward? No, absolutely not. Okay. Without Drew, no. Without Drew, zero. Because the like you just can't win if you have four to five useful players every night. And that's just about where they're at. And I think when if Pat's hitting his stride more, you're probably closer to like six or seven. But you're so lacking in some positions. Like Mamu – and I, I want to clear the record on Mamu. People think I'm low on Mamu because I correctly continue to state and almost insist at this point He's not ready for this. He's not a rotation-level NBA player. He's not. I think I really liked what I've seen. Honestly, a hot take, Mamu might be closer to being that than Jordan Wara because I think the things that Mamu is deficient at are shooting, which he's clearly working on, and some nights it's good, but over the season it's not, and strength. We've talked about this. He's not strong enough. He gets bullied. People score over him. If he can't get his hand on the ball, it's a wrap, but his athleticism is good. I think his decision-making is pretty good, but he gets a little rattled sometimes. 
He moves well. He's a good passer. If he got a little bit stronger and his shot fell, I think he'd be a very good backup center, but he's not there right now. And again, he's the 54th overall pick, was just selected on a two-way contract. It's silly to expect him to be an every-night player. He's not. They're asking him to be. It's not going well. Same with Shemi, who does not have those same justifications. He just sucks. And Dante has not been good coming back off injury. And that's like, you have to play all, they don't play Shemi anymore, but you have to play these guys every night and it's a disaster. And George Hill is not able to consist, like George Hill is not a 10 and five guy anymore. It'd be great if he was, he's not, um, it's just bad. So I think they're lacking in so many key areas that without Drew, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a mess. And, you know, I don't think they're going to lose like five in a row, but it wouldn't surprise me if they continue on this, like, you know, they win one out of every two or three as long as Drew is out, unless, like I said, Dante can turn the corner, maybe Big Rod. Big Rod seems closer to turning the corner than Dante, but they just need more from that bench, and they just don't have it right now. The problem with all of this is that there's one guy on the bench you would think like, oh, yeah, we can get some instant offense out of him. The problem is he does everything else wrong, and that's Jordan Royal. Let's talk about Jordan Royal. Let's wrap, like you said, let's wrap with yeah. the talk on Jordan Wara. I, I know you didn't watch the entirety of the Raptors game. He played less than five minutes. I think it was four minutes, 40 seconds to be exact. And uh, it, it was it was that quick intentionally, considering that Mike Budenholzer took him out at the least possible amount of time for him on the court as possible, considering in successive possessions, he just missed some digs on Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet passing lanes. There was just a lot of defensive miscues. He didn't even take a shot, which was weird. For Jordan Wara. Super weird for but him like, of all players. Yeah, if he's if he's playing five minutes and not taking a shot, it's like what what what's going on here? You would think he'd have at least ten yeah. attempts at that <laughs> amount of time. But the that's the that's the issue. Like that offense is much needed right now, but it's just not playable considering how bad everything else is. And like I I don't know. We have such a large sample at this point. I don't know if he's ever going to really put it together. Yeah, this is why I said I think I, I see. Mamu is potentially having a clear pathway to being a legit rotational player just because I, I just think Jordan, it's it's this kind of stuff where certainly the Bucks have been trying to, through coaching and, and player development, get get him more ready to play a real rotational role. Obviously, that's the goal with every player on the team, every young player on the team at least. And it just is not working. Like the same issues continue to crop up. And I think the tough part for him is the scoring ability is obviously there, as you alluded to, you met, you said, but it's more so there when he's able to play 30 minutes and take 20 shots or 18 shots or whatever, than when he plays 15 minutes and is supposed to take whatever, you know, eight shots, whatever it is, that usually doesn't happen. And that's an issue. And that's the difference between a guy like Jordan Wara and the you know sixth men of the world, the Jamal Crawfords and um, uh, Jordan Clarkson's Lou and Will. Lou Will, all those guys, is you know any any usage they're just ready to go in and do it. And and also the other big difference is ball handling, right? Like Jordan can't really initiate. We've seen this. Jordan Wara, not Jordan Clarkson, um, and it's just problematic. But. Jordan Clarkson's looked iffy too. Yeah, he. I think he'd. I think he'd look great on the Bucks. I'll tell you that. I think by comparison, he'd look really good here. But um, Warwick, who can't really initiate offense, 
who struggles defensively, who has Bismack Biombo level stone hands, or maybe I should say Bobby Portis, the way he's lost some transition balls recently. But no, no shade to Bobby though; he's he's been really good um, in almost everything. Defense and catching the ball are kind of important though. Um, but it's just war. I just you know the way I always describe him is just inconsistent. He's consistently inconsistent, and that's a problem. And I think you look at this team that again, as you alluded to, desperate for bench scoring. There's nothing. DeMarcus Cousins leaves and there's nothing. That's an alarming place to be. And they're still not playing Warab just because you just can't afford to. Like they lose his minutes by a lot recently because he's not in the right places on defense and he just loses the ball entirely and he takes really bad shots. Like even for a good shot maker, he takes atrocious shots. And not to get all the way back to Dante, Dante also takes some real – Why is who, who told Dante he should pull up the logo? With 18 seconds on the shot clock. It's a terrible idea. Step back one-legged. Or not. Do or, practice that shot. Or not even pull up. When? He does. <laughs> exactly. He, he'll do even catch and shoot. Like, he gets the ball, like, five feet behind the arc, like, straight on. And it's like, that's clearly, you're supposed to, like, flow into a screen or something. And he's like, oh, no one's covering me here. I'll just shoot. No one's covering that you there because you're shooting, like, 20%. Because that's not – that's Because you're not Steph That's Curry. not your shot. Like you're not Chris Middleton either. And it's like frustrating. But yeah, that's the – When does Chris take that shot? Chris, well, I mean Chris takes some bold shots. He doesn't take logo threes off the bounce. So. No, this is, off, this is off the catch. I think he probably okay. would. Whatever. He's, regardless of if Chris does or not, if Chris – any three Chris takes, you're not mad. It's just like, okay, yeah, you're Chris Middleton. Take a three. We're not there with Dante. And we're not there with Jordan. And some of the twos are even worse. Like he'll take eight. He's the king of the 18 footers some nights when he plays enough. And it's just like, man, like he's just not, he's, he's fitting out. He's not fitting in to quote LeBron James. And it's just, it's very problematic. It's very alarming that they're dying for bench scoring and he's still not consistently getting minutes in this year of all years. It's just. When when are we going to see this? When are we going to see it put together? Like, uh, I know uh, Drew Holiday earlier in the season called him Baby Chris. Maybe he took a, a little bit of the inconsistencies too far. A little <laughs> too far there. Yeah. Um, and some, yeah, it's not not the greatest comp in, in Drew Holiday's uh, take history. I assume maybe he's bad at takes. But one of the few things he seems to be bad at. What what Drew Holiday takes have we? Ever That's what seen I'm saying. I don't know. That. I don't know the history, but it's possible he's not good at takes. Notoriously quiet person, Drew Holiday. Well, except if he's getting the except if he's getting deals like brand deals, uh, yeah. then he's going to be as loud as possible. Buck for life. Hopefully that one ages well. Yeah, like he's he's going to be doing grill ads. He's going to be doing shooting sleeve ads. Whatever ad you need, Drew Holiday's your guy. Like he's should we hit him he's up? He's a king of securing the bag. Yeah, Eurostep. Like, you think he'll promote the Eurostep? I, I think. Yeah, I think if Euro, you pay Eurostep enough, yes. I don't know if we can afford him. Can we? What's Drew Holiday? What's is he room? on? Is he on Canva? Is he one of the bucks on Canva? When we look this up, cameo. Oh yeah, duh. Wrong thing. I do. I literally <laughs> say that every time. If he's on cameo, can, can we just ask? Because the business rates are crazy on cameo. He's yeah, not. Like Pat's like, He's what, not. $400? Yeah, but that honestly, the more I think about it, the more I want to do that. Oh, God, no, I <laughs> wish. Dude, it's 1200 For Pat? For business, yeah. Personal use, 100 1200 Do you think we could finesse this and say it's personal? 
Absolutely like, what if, not. what if, what if I turn in like? Pat's gonna buy my building at a victory. To Rohan from Ty. Again, but Ty just wanted to let you know he's so appreciative of all the great podcasts you guys have recorded together on the Eurostep Podcast Network, available on all platforms, YouTube and Substack. And uh, a happy subscribe to happy happy three year anniversary of the pod existing. This is a personal message, but everyone listening should subscribe. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> I think no way. There's no way. Pat, he's gonna, Pat's he's, a bag chaser. Yeah, he's a bag chaser. There's no way he's falling for that. Uh, did you see that desk picture? You know what I'm talking about? The the bobblehead one? Yeah, the bobblehead one. With, uh, what is it? Who is it? He's an owner bobblehead? Peter Fagan. That's insane. Now, three, hey, three-leaf development goes hard, you know? <laughs> it's, apparently it does. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it goes real hard and Pat does not have business intentions uh, in free agency this year. But circling back to Jordan Wara, you ask, you know, when are we going to see it? We might see it on a different team. He's a free agent. And are the Bucks going to go deeper into the tax to secure Jordan Wara after what we've seen? How much is potential worth? No. On a 23-year-old? I guess we're going to find out. I mean, based on the Bucks' history, not nothing. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, Sterling Brown, Christian Wood, DJ Wilson. Not even Sterling Brown. Yeah, like Sterling's the best one out of those. Uh, the Raptors people are obsessed with DJ Wilson now. Yeah, well, he was also just bad. Yeah, I know. The that's block. the thing. It's like the tools were. There. I see this tweet. So, oh, like, how did Milwaukee let him go? Because he stunk. Because he, he was, was bad. terrible as a buck. That's why he hasn't been in Milwaukee in like three years. Because because he's shooting seventy seven or whatever percent from two in the first few Raptors games, and he shot thirty nine percent or forty one percent from two in three years. This way, he wasn't good. He played like hundreds of minutes. They were just all bad. <laughs> he was not good. As I'm, I'm happy that he succeeded. Yeah, sure, I mean, I sure. I, I'm, I'm more. In, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I don't care that much. Heartless tie. Well, wait, what did, I don't have a personal connection with DJ Wilson. I interviewed him once or twice. Not the greatest interviews of my life, but I'm not holding anything against him. It's just like, I, I don't know. I don't, what, do you have good Bucks memories with DJ Wilson? I just feel like these, yeah. it's just like such a classic thing to say every time a random player leaves. Like, oh, I'm happy. I mean, it's fine. I'm not more happy than I am for any journeyman NBA player who's like finding a role. It doesn't move me. I don't know. I just I don't care <laughs> that much. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. Doesn't move me. <laughs> what? I just feel like I'm saying the quiet part out loud. I just think a lot of people. Uh, I just said I'm happy for DJ Wilson's success. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm not there. It's nice. You can't. You're not, even that it's nice is just so forced. <laughs> it is. It's like this thing. Like you have to be. You have to be happy. No, no. You you saying it's nice is forced. It like is. You don't want to say it's nice. I I think it's fine. I'll say fine. That's my favorite word. It's fine. <laughs> it's cool. Thanks, bud. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know. It's not compelling to me at all. <laughs> is this a cool? I gotta. Find, is this heartless? Does everyone? Does everyone listening going? Oh no. Thank God, DJ Wilson is finding an, an NBA home. I was concerned. It's just, it's it's good to see. Is it? Does it matter? <laughs> In terms of the Bucks, no, it does not matter. In just terms of having a heart, yes. <laughs> what? What? I I don't know. I just 
if I I don't want to get I don't want to go too far into this. I feel like you know if we heard you know DJ Wilson putting in work extra work after practice and really grind in and you know the greatest guy and everyone in the locker room loves him. I'd be like, oh hell yeah, let's go. I feel like we heard nothing. He was just there. He was there for three years. Didn't play well. Now he's not there. Maybe maybe those things were true. We just didn't hear about it. Maybe maybe I am the asshole. But I don't know. I just it, it's I'm mostly indifferent. Happy for Sterling. Meh on DJ. Sterling is a, he hasn't had a great run of success. No, as of no. <laughs> but I mean, still. Which is- I mean, all the, that's the other, the other part of it too. I mean, what DJ Wilson got like at least twelve million dollars for being a Milwaukee Buck and not doing a whole lot for four. Like he's fine. He's okay. I mean, all of these guys are fine in that regard. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like okay, like he's not—he's not out on the streets. I mean, free agency I'm people say that. Met. I don't know. I, I, I this might have to be a Twitter, a Twitter poll this week. Are you happy? Yeah, are you happy? Tweet, tweet are you happy to seeing DJ Wilson succeed? And I won't even say in Toronto because I think that would that would make people vote no because they don't want to see him succeeding in Toronto. Which I think is a, well, you could just say do you do you find happiness in seeing former no 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 it's it's got it's specific it's again it's not all it's I'm not against players leaving the team and succeeding it depends on the player so I want to know for DJ in particular how people feel we can do a series we can <laughs> okay, ask well, more, do you uh, how do you feel about Christian Wood succeeding outside of Milwaukee how do I yeah. feel? I'm happy. Pretty he, happy. He got what he wanted. Pretty happy. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty happy for Seawood. We'll, we'll ask. We'll ask our guest on Wednesday how he feels about DJ Wilson. That uh, that'll be interesting. I feel like it'll be a political answer. <laughs> anyway, okay, we're way too long talking about how we feel about DJ Wilson therapy. This is crazy. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is I'm happy for other people's success. Oh you no! Now you're making me a hater. I just. I'm not rooting. That's what against, you're doing. I'm not, no, I'm not rooting against him. It's it's complete indifference. It's a cold, hard see. world out there. I, I maybe I'm we'll maybe let, I'm just we'll let the people decide. Maybe yeah, we'll have to let the people decide. But I, I want to make it clear: I'm not not hating. Just don't care. It's different. <laughs> I'm just spewing hate, but I'm not. <laughs> How hating. is so, that hate? Don't worry. So that's that's. He wasn't the greatest interview. It's an uh, it's just, an un, it's that's facts. It's it's an unfair standard. If you're not gushing love, that's hate. That is how Twitter operates. So I don't like that you're playing I'm not even into saying, this. I'm not gushing love right now for DJ Wilson. Being indifferent is not hate. That, that we have a different word for that. It's being indifferent. I know, but it's like you're not being indifferent. Not, how am I not? What's the negativity? You're just being so negative. What's the ne- where's the negativity? The tone. I don't. Th- I, I think that's that's a that's a reach. Nah. That, your fake no, news. We'll, we'll let the people decide. Yeah, we'll let the people decide. <laughs> we'll let the people decide, and we should probably. Yeah, I mean, when we get into uh, arguments about how specifically we should feel about DJ Wilson no longer on the Bucks, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a good. That's the it's time to wrap signal. Yeah. Let us know, though. Let us know on Twitter. But thank you all for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you did enjoy the show, make sure you leave a five-star rating, Apple, Spotify review. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Ty, let's leave, Let's read out a review here. Let's do it. Let's up. do it. Our friend, 
from Sprecher, T-Cycle Tim via Apple Podcasts, leaves a five-star review titled Great Taste in Basketball and Root Beer, which is true. The review. My go-to resource for all things Milwaukee Bucks, in parentheses, make sure you subscribe to the GSPN Substack to get the Bucks stock market, in parentheses. And they have amazing taste in beer and root beer. Enjoy a Sprecher with this podcast. You should do that. You should enjoy a Sprecher with this podcast. And shout out Tim. Oh, GSPN. Promo code GSPN. 10% off. Sprecher ordered online. Uh, the packs. But uh, shout out Tim recognizing the glory of Buck Stock Market posts on the Substack. No, yeah, for sure. That's a, that's above and beyond. Thank you, Tim. And uh, shout out Sprecher. Yeah. Great product. Like Our the homies. alcohol. The, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It like, we're not just saying. No, the, <laughs> we, we would never. It's We 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 endorse purposefully. Yeah. We're not going to endorse something we don't like. Yeah. And we do like Strecker. Strecker. Sound like you said Strecker. I, said that. <laughs> I mean, that just might Which be. Which is a hilarious. <laughs> we, we personally love it. Strecker. Ale, uh, root beer is, is tremendous. No, I'm kidding. Rowan and I, we've both been drinking Specker. We both really do like it. But that's that was just a hilarious timing. <laughs> Listen, okay? I, I mess up my words. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It's all good. It, ha- it happens to professional podcasters as seen right now. Uh, go Bucks, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.